Welcome to the Two Wealth Show, a show that shares how you can create real wealth for you and your family. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Bogard, and my co-host is Elizabeth Sickles, a.k.a. Super E. I am a real estate note investor specializing in performing residential real estate debt. I find the deals, acquire them for my own portfolio, as well as educate investors while walking them through the process of owning a real estate note. My co-host, Super E, a real estate investor, specializing in short-term rentals and the management of them. She connects investors with short-term tenants and manages everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Bright Path Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. You can find out more information by visiting our websites at brightpathnotes.com and elizabethmayora.com. Elizabeth with Elizabeth Mayora, and we have a very special vacation rental guest today with us, Andy Moore from, Andy, you want to tell us where you're from? Uh, I operate out of Sarasota, uh, the, on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Oh, man, that sounds like a vacation right there. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be on the... Uh, West side of Florida. Yeah, it's on the west side, just south of Tampa, and north of Naples is where we operate out of. Home to the uh, best beaches in the U.S. as voted for year on year. Okay, awesome. Well, sounds like I need to get, I'm on the wrong side of Florida then. I'm usually on the other side. I got to get over to the the better side then, huh? (laughs) Wendy, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for being on our a podcast today, and I'm, I'm Justin Bogard, and my company's Bright Path Notes. And what I do, just Andy, so you know a little bit about me, is I'm a note investor. I'm not sure if you ever created loans before or bought or sold loans before, but that's the business that I'm in. I started out in real estate, just like most people, fixing and flipping and doing wholesaling deals. I've never done uh, vacation rentals or short-term rentals. I've definitely stayed in them. I learned a lot about Elizabeth, and I look forward to learning a little bit more from what your perspective is. Sure. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Elizabeth, what will we got in store for today? All right. So Andy is a very savvy businessman. We met at an executive conference in California last June. And then he let me come down and spend a couple of days in his operation in Florida. So I learned a ton. Um, completely changed my business. So um, we just wanted to get Andy on the show. He has a very interesting um, opinion and outtake as well as what's going on right now and how he's positioning his business to really capitalize on the opportunities coming forward. So Andy, do you want to tell us how you got into vacation rentals in the first place? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of people owned a vacation rental. Uh, I, I'm from the UK originally and I uh, came on, came on vacation, stayed in the Disney world area in a vacation rental. Uh, and eventually, after coming back for a few years, spent some time in the Bradenton, Sarasota area on the Gulf Coast. Decided to buy a property and had a, a vacation rental uh, that I was doing VRBO, home away type, uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't find a management company that addressed my needs. 
so uh, after throwing an idea around in my head for a while, I decided to to up sticks and emigrate from the UK to the US uh, and start my own property management company with the one property that I had with the idea of getting into uh, yeah, managing for other people. And that was in 2003, so uh, going on 17 years ago. And now we manage uh, about a thousand uh, rentals for, for people in this area. Congratulations. Yeah, that's a, that's a big portfolio there. <laughs> and it keeps us busy. I bet. <laughs> and what's even more fascinating, can you tell us the breakdown of traditional, so people that rent annually versus vacation rentals? And then also what's really fascinating is how many full-time staff you have for 1,000 properties. Okay, yeah. Well, we uh, have 1,000. We it's two-thirds vacation rent, sorry, one-third vacation rental, two-thirds annual rentals. We started with the vacation rental business because it was a, a lower barrier to entry. I was essentially uh, cutting grass and cleaning pools. I was, I was the, the general dog's body for owners who were VRBOing. Uh, as the company matured, we got into actually renting ourselves. And then 2009 hit and we saw an opportunity in the uh, annual rental space and we started an annual rental program and that ramped up really quickly, uh, largely to the economic climate at the time. And uh, that we focused on that heavily for the last for about five years. And then in 2019, so last year, uh, we acquired a, a quite a big, company uh with 380 units uh we purchased that book which took us up to the, the took us up to the thousand units uh the the advantage of the advantage of working with an annual rental portfolio is that it gives you uh it gives you ability to forecast gives you ability to budget it levels off the income uh whereas if you're relying solely on the, the vacation rental in times that we're living in at the moment with the uh, the coronavirus pandemic, then uh, we would be in in dire straits for sure. But uh, the the annual rental gives us that stability. Uh, we've got a total of, uh, including some maintenance staff, we've got a total of about twenty five bodies here. Uh, well, twenty five employees. Uh, 20 of which are uh, US based, and then we have five uh, remote workers out of Mexico. Okay. And so, what's the um, what's the distance wise? How how big of an area do you, is is all your um, rentals that you have the the VRBOs and the and the annual rentals? Yeah, yeah we probably cover it. Uh, we probably cover the the the, the very tip of Manatee, Manatee County, the very southern tip of Sarasota County. I would gauge that at about eighty miles. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, we have four offices to service uh, those properties. Oh wow! That's awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, Annie, do you have a website that people could go to if they want to check out some of your some of your uh, VRBOs and? Yeah, we do. I mean, that's that's a that's a case in point. I think uh, I I would uh, if anyone is managing vacation rentals or managing annual rentals, I would I would start looking at your websites. We we actually have two websites. Okay. Uh, the we have a website uh, which is our owner facing website is where we uh, we acquire the owners. It's where our outreach goes, and that's choose golfcoast.com okay and then we have a vacation rental specific website uh, and that's outreach to vacation rental guests uh, and that's gcvacationrentals.com and what I find is that by having a foot in both camps in annual rentals and vacation rentals we can take the best practices from each and apply them to our organization whereas i do see uh, in the annual rental world and also in the vacation rental worlds when they're so encamped in their own world uh, they don't take the best practices and as an example i don't think vacation rental management companies i don't think they their their sales outreach to the asset owners is is as strong as it is in the annual rental world and by comparison, I don't think in the annual rental world, the outreach to uh, potential tenants is as strong as it is for guests in the vacation rental world. Uh, and we're by no means perfect, but I do think that by having a foot in both camps, it gives us a, a, a good perspective uh, and a more broad overview of you know, where the market is. Yeah, that, that was a good point you brought up at the beginning about how your your portfolio is divided up, you know, disproportionately for the VRBOs versus the annual rentals. So it makes sense why um, you obviously see it now. You know what's what's being hit hardest, obviously, is the and yours is the VRBOs versus the annuals. So yeah. Elizabeth and I were yeah, talking I mean, about I that last everyone, episode. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think everyone look everyone who's got some interest in the vacation rental world serves in right now. Uh, we took, uh, I was in, we had $600,000 worth of cancellations in a week uh, wow. at, the, at the beginning of March, which was you know, devastating, really, because I'm not saying you spend that money. I'm not saying you've, you've uh, but it's certainly been recorded. It's, it's certainly been acknowledged on the, on the, on the balance sheet. Uh, yeah. And then to give all that money back and, you know, start again, it's, you know, it's kick and seat, but, we're in a we're in a way more fortunate situation than we see what some of our peers are. Yeah. And go ahead, Elizabeth. <laughs> why why is that? Why do you say that you guys are in a better position? Uh, I think it's better to be it's better to be lucky than good, right, Elizabeth? That's uh, uh, you hear that quite a lot, and we our season our season and our peak, you know, we, we, on our vacation rental business, we do 60% of our annual revenue in the first quarter. So the, we'd already, we'd already, uh, through March, we'd already taken those rentals. We have a lot of snowbirds, a lot of people, Northern visitors, people from Canada, people from Ohio, New York, all come to this area during the, during the, 
the, in, during Q1. So we've already realized that revenue. Uh, there's people in the outer banks, there's people in, uh, you know, up in Indy, you know, there's, who are really hurting right now because they're just coming into their peak period. They're just yeah. coming into where they are realizing their peak revenue earning uh, period and they've had to cancel and they're, they're not going to be in operations anymore. And, uh, you know, who knows how long this is going to last. So we had that advantage. And then also by having the buffer of the annual rentals, which steadies out the, our income throughout the year, uh, at least we can keep the doors open. I haven't had to lay, any, lay off any staff. We've been, you know, we're, we're keeping ahead above water. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> that's something, you know, that makes you feel a little bit better that you can keep things moving and at least not go no backwards too far, so to speak. So, uh, but you've you've survived the 2008-2009 financial crisis and you know, obviously you're definitely going to survive this because you're set up well for it. So Elizabeth had mentioned that you're very process oriented and uh, so I'm interested to hear because I know Elizabeth's got like an engineering mind, so it sounds like you might be similar, but I'm interested in hearing your, your processes, or at least if you can kind of just kind of frame it for us what for, for your business model. <clears throat> sure. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as an engineering mind. On uh, I have ideas, it's implementation that kind of lets, lets me down. Uh, I'm more of a big picture, but what I have realized is I – I, I didn't have, I didn't have a business degree. Uh, I, I fell into owning a business, and but there's for me there was no guidance. There's no uh, there's no textbook that was going to teach me how to do this. Uh, property management in itself, it, no one really goes to school for property management. Uh, mm. So it was all self-taught. And one of the books I read a few years ago was uh, the book called Traction okay. uh, by Gino Whitman. And that's basically a, a common sense approach to how to manage a growing company. And that relies very heavily on accountability, processes, and people. And I, took, I really took that to heart and introduced that as we were growing. We, we hit the ceiling uh, where, where we were losing properties as quickly as we were bringing them on. We were losing staff as quickly as we're hiring it was it was unorganized chaos it really was and the uh something had to change well i was putting so much money into into bringing property owners on but then losing them because of the delivery of the service uh growth is great and cash hides a lot of problems but when you actually start digging into you know what is going on it it just because it became clear that something had to change so we really followed that model and introduced uh, a lot of processes and systems based on Gino's book uh, we we separated our company into departments which is unusual in the annual rental world annual rental world is very portfolio driven but we, we boxed against that and, and fought hard for departmental responsibilities and total accountability within a defined uh, a, a fine subsection of tasks so that we can look at each other around the table and hold each other accountable and we we record 
what are what we call KPIs, our scorecards, uh, and rolled out over the, over about two years, rolled out the whole traction platform. Uh, it was received very well, and it is applicable to property management because there's no real textbook for or playbook for property management. And then as a result of that, I, I took on some coaching courses uh, and then became a, a, an EOS or traction implementer. And I've helped a number of companies around the country uh, develop their own playbook uh, using traction. And I think, it's a, I think it's a great tool that property managers can use uh, to take them to the next level. That's awesome. So uh, you mentioned something about having uh, you making uh, your business into different departments. And so there's one yeah. thing that uh, Elizabeth and I had talked about on a previous episode with another uh, hosting person like yourself is, do you have a linen manager? <laughs> we, we, we do not. Uh, one okay. of the things we, we, <laughs> we, uh, we've just hired, we've, we just hired someone who actually came from, uh, but she came from Bacata. Um, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, which, which is an opportunity right now in this time of, you know, in these times, this is a great opportunity uh, for companies like us to pick up talent. And yeah, that, we, we have hired, uh, you know, some talented people as a result. And they, one of their questions was, limit. Uh, and who's responsible for linen? And it, it, it was so left field for us because our cleaners do the, our cleaners do the, uh, the laundry. They're in the properties. Well, as they're cleaning the properties, they're using the, the facilities on uh, in the property. We we manage single family and condos, so they've all got linen. They've all got laundry rooms. Uh, and but uh, she was surprised by that because she had a whole, you know, she had a someone in charge of linen. For their, for their, uh, for their company. Yeah, that was, I don't know who we were talking to about that, but that was, that was pretty funny. We both were just like, huh, that's interesting. Because mm -hmm. I know Elizabeth, she, she charges for people to have lamps and stuff and lights. <laughs> she <charges> extra. <laughs> She's, I'm just kidding. She doesn't do that. So. <laughs> we just have a little fun with that. <laughs> so, and Andy, because you are so process dri driven, um, and obviously very studious with your financials. Can you talk about where you see the vacation rental industry going and what you guys specifically are doing right now? Where are the opportunities going to be and where are they? Uh, okay. I mean, from a, from a, from a macro level, I think we're at a pivotal point in the vacation rental industry. It's a very immature industry. Uh, that has gotten a lot of press and focus over the last five years. Uh, most of it, you know, most of it good. I would say it's, it's certainly it's certainly shone a light on an on, a, on an industry uh, that didn't get much uh, uh, didn't get much light previously. But if we really want to be a a a, a travel sector and be a true short-term accommodation alternative to hotels, we have to step up and be at their level. And when you had Airbnb, HomeAway, big companies, uh, uh, 
nationwide vacation rental companies uh, not giving refunds and essentially just uh, washing the hands of this situation and saying uh, property owners are on their own, property owners are on their own, guests, you know, we're not figuring it out. But maybe if you talk to the property manager or the host, they, they'll help you out. Uh, there was so much dysfunction going around, or has been, or still is, so much dysfunction and going around that if I, if I wasn't with, entrenched in this industry and I was a consumer and I was traveling uh, with my family, looking at how we've acted as an industry over the last few weeks, it would give me pause and think, is my, is my hard-earned money better off placed with a hotel chain? Because at least then I feel like they've got my back. And I, I think that we have, to, we have to address the elephant in the room and say, what are we? If we're going to be a mom and pop organization that just is there to earn a couple of bucks whilst we own a second home, then let's, let's own it and let's be that. But if we want to be a true alternative, then we've got to raise the bar and raise our standards as an industry. And I don't think we've done that. Awesome. Awesome. Elizabeth, great questions that you threw out there today. Uh, we're kind of running tight on time here, Andy. We appreciate you being on and stuff. So this is kind of the opportunity where we have people just kind of have some closing thoughts. I know you, you ended this pretty well with what you see the, the outlook is for the VRBO business, uh, or I like to call it short-term business. So do you have any closing remarks or thoughts that you would, you'd like to give or share about maybe just being a business for yourself or just running a property management company like you have? Sure. Uh, 2000, I think 2008, 2009, that was the making of our company. It, mm -hmm. it, we, we turned it into an opportunity. And I think that 2020 is, a, is another opportunity. I think there's people who don't want to be in this industry because it's a pretty hard industry are going to use this as an excuse to exit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that the, the companies that are focused on growth, that are well-managed, that are fiscally sound, mm -hmm. they can double down now and take advantage of a market that's been rocked. Uh, that's what we're doing, piggybacking off one of Elizabeth's questions from earlier. We're doubling down on our marketing. We, we see this opportunity. Owners, property owners, want leadership property owners you know for the forever we're trying to justify what we do as an industry do we just collect rent do we just clean houses uh do we just send a maintenance homeowners think they can do this for themselves we're the professionals we need to stand up and show our owners what we can do for them we know about legislation we know uh how to respond to guests we know that when we can go into properties and when we can't go into properties. Things the property owners just are scared of right now. They're crying out for leadership. And I think this is a pivotal moment for the property management industry and the property management companies who are forward thinking to put their hand up, show leadership and grow their own businesses. So that's what we're doing here because we do think this is a, whilst it's devastating on one hand, we do also see it as a great opportunity. Awesome. Thanks for sharing all that, Andy. And thanks for being our guest on today's episode number eight. 
Um, so we're going to have to sign off here. So I'm Justin Bogar with Bright Path Notes. I'm Elizabeth with Elizabeth Mayora. And go ahead, Andy, pl plug yourself in, my friend. <laughs> and I'm Andy Moore with Gold Coast Property Management. All right, guys, check out our show notes to get Andy's websites and uh, the book he mentioned. Until next time, guys, see ya. Thank you. Hey, guys. Take it easy. Two Wealth Show is produced by Justin Bogard and Super E, sponsored by Bright Path Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. Thanks for listening and watching for our show. 